So the movement of the divine and what it takes to bring ourselves into that, that's where the meditation practice really is first and foremost into bringing our focus and our attention into that movement of spirit. That's really all we need to do is just bring our conscious awareness, our attention into that movement. And from there, when we connect into that, it will bring us along the journey of life. And the more and more that we focus into that is that journey by which we awaken to what that divine is, to what the spirit is. And in the meditation practice, it is important to really understand that chanting those sacred names, whether it be the hue, the anahu, or those names given in initiation, that those really are the keys to the kingdom within. So those are not just words that we use to just draw our attention, to think in chanting that it focuses us on God. It does do that. But there's so much more that is in those words that we do chant in meditation. If you were to really fully realize the power that is God's loving, that is in those words, that as you chant them, that power of God's loving does awaken us. It does bring us into that greater knowing of that spiritual essence of who we are. It's amazing. I've been experimenting with this lately, looking at that once again, the power of the name, especially the names you receive in initiation. That truly God's grace and loving are anchored in those names as they are given to you. And that as you use them, chanting them within, it does begin to open your consciousness by which you can receive that grace, by which you can participate in that greater action of spirit. So it's important to realize the true understanding beyond just the words themselves. I've been going for a little while, just chanting kind of here and there, working a little bit more with a lot of how we talk about focusing inside and just say, Lord, I love you. Just sharing your loving with God and then also receiving God's loving for you. So there is that direct form of communication or a form of prayer and invitation that does work. It does work to a degree. But the greater understanding comes with that greater knowing of those names. Those sacred names have been passed down from age to age for eons of time. There's a reason for that. Because those names truly are God's word, God's voice. That audible life stream we call the Holy Spirit, the sound current, the inner voice of God, the ringing radiance, all the different names that's been given over the ages. Those names that we are given 
to chant within our reflection of that true sound of spirit. But that true sound of spirit is anchored in those words as we receive them from a spiritual teacher because it is that living word, that essence of God that is transmitting that, that is giving those names and anchoring that frequency of loving. It is a vibration that is the sound. There's a movement in there and it is in that movement of where we truly awaken and come to know the divine in the movement. It is not stagnant. That's why even in meditation, we repeat the names, the repetition, the chanting, singing, or saying them over and over and over. It is in that movement that that frequency of loving, that power of the name, builds and builds within our consciousness. And as it builds, is how we allow that grace to come into us, to work with us, to lift us, to move us beyond the illusion, beyond the entanglements of where we're caught up in the mind, the emotions, and the body. It, it is that power of loving in that name that does loosen, that does free the attachments, the entanglements, the messes, it is that movement of loving that brings us awake and aware and out of all the karma, all that which is of the world that would have us go to sleep. I often see this world, I like to call it often like an underworld. There's this undertow or undercurrent that will bring the soul to sleep that as it draws and pulls the divine spark of who we are into this world, it's like going underwater. You know the undertoes and like the ocean, as a wave come in, but then as it goes out, it's that undercurrent that pulls out. It's kind of like that is how I experience it, that it pulls the soul down underneath into that greater depth of darkness. And that greater darkness is really the asleepness, where the soul is no longer aware of the greater truth of what lies beyond the surface, what lies above the karmas, the illusion, the reflection, what lies above all of that, the greater truth, the spirit, where we really can see clearly there's no hindrances, nothing blocking our awareness. I also like to call that undercurrent the twilight zone, because I experience it as that. When I actually see that, it's a very dim light. And in the darkest places, there is no dim light at all. It's total darkness, total blackness, where there's nothing. You can see nothing. But yet, even in that, there's always the awareness of self, the divine self, the conscious self, that divine spark of the soul that we are, is consciousness. It is that consciousness that knows and is aware of itself, even in the greatest depths and the greatest darkness. But it is as we work with what God gives us, these sacred names, that as we work with those, that as we chant them within, that literally is God reaching to us, extending that helping hand to assist us in this journey of awakening to come awake 
to see the light, to hear that voice. And so those names are that extension, that helping hand, that loving assistance that God gives us. But it's up to us to take the hand, to reach out and receive of the assistance, to receive the grace, to receive that loving that is extended. And so, as we receive those names, and we work with those names, that is us connecting, taking a hold of that essence, that beingness of God. And as we do that, as we work with those names, enchanting and building that loving within us, it is us doing our part. It has often been said that God extends that rope, but it's up to us to take a hold of the rope and pull ourselves out. That pulling ourselves out is the work that we do. That work in pulling ourselves out is the journey of the soul, walking the spiritual path, awakening to the loving. It is that, as we pull ourselves out, that we come to know. Because if you think of a rope where you're pulling yourself up, what to go up, you're also going to go through different levels, different experiences along the way until you rise above the twilight zone and come to the surface of really we begin to now see the greater truth of spirit. Not just the reflection, but the truth where it's all light. There's no dimness. There's no darkness. That's only in this realm of time and space, the land of reflection. Have you ever been under the water and you look up and see the light and the surface of the water? And when that sunlight hits that, how these rays of light diffract and go down? And the closer you are to the surface, the brighter the light, but the deeper you go down, the darker and darker and the harder it is to perceive that light above. That really is just like what we are experiencing here in this world as the soul descends from above the water down into the greater depths of the mind, the emotions, and the body. It's going into those dim-lit worlds, the twilight zone. I'm saying that over and over because this has been more present, especially this morning in my meditation, that when my consciousness, I'm aware of when I allow myself to drop my focus, I will be aware of the shift inside of me that literally comes down and I'm aware of a twilight rather than coming up here where I'm aware of the greater light in the knowing of that connection and even feeling it. I'm really more of a feeler. So I often feel the frequency or the vibration of that movement of spirit and of the different realms in particular. That spiritual realm always has a greater ease, a greater lightness, a greater light, a higher frequency of knowing, of movement, of conscious awareness. But then as we come down and step below that, that frequency becomes slower. As it becomes slower, there's less light. There's less knowing. I actually feel a tiredness, a sleepiness. So it's important to be aware of these frequencies as we really look within to discover more 
of the divine, to really come to the greater knowing of spirit, is to pay attention whether you see, whether you hear, whether you feel, or whether you just have that inner knowing of what all this is. But as we work with those names of God, enchanting and singing, holding that sacred within, it begins to step up our frequency. It begins to enlighten us, to enliven us, to bring us to that greater state of being, that greater lightness. So if you have been doing meditation and maybe you haven't been giving as much importance or value to those names that we share in here in meditation, I would encourage you to take another look, to begin to work with them more fully so that you begin to truly come into the greater knowing of that frequency, that knowing of spirit. Those names really do work. They really work. It's amazing. Even this morning, I started finding myself going into that sleepiness, that twilight zone. And I knew, just start chanting the names, because those names themselves will begin to lift me back up into that greater knowing and awakened state. And sure enough, just like that, within a minute or two, it lifted me right back up into that greater knowing. And also, some of why I'm sharing this today is because inwardly, I was shown in spirit the importance of those sacred names, how important they are, and to share that, to communicate that, so that people really understand the greater truth in there, that they are not just words, but they truly are a living, loving essence of God, that as we use them inside, it awakens us to that Godness. Another way that I saw this inside in action of how that can work or look is that as we work with those names, it opens us to that greater action of loving and allows that movement of God's grace to enter into our lives on every level. This morning, I saw a lady in spirit that she was in a struggle. She had a very hard life and she was struggling to get free. And I saw this man trying to kill her, trying to kill others. Because doesn't that what this world does? The fear of death? Well, what is that, that fear of death, trying to kill us or to kill others? It's trying to keep the soul asleep and trapped. That's what that fear does. The fear is the darkness. The darkness is the fear. So this being, this man that was trying to kill, was not necessarily truly a man, but he was symbolic, a representative of the energies of the world that try to keep the soul in its sleep, in the darkness. And it's very interesting because as I saw this unfolding, then I saw God's grace come in through the spiritual teacher working with this woman. And through that action of grace, that man that was trying to kill, he actually had a sword trying to stab and cut. You ever heard that phrase, live by the sword, die by the sword? Well, through that action of grace, another sword came and killed the man. What goes around comes around, right? 
But in this case, the killing of this man was truly the completion of the karma that represented the struggle, the hardship of this woman's life. So this wasn't a physical thing I'm talking about. This is more an action in consciousness, mentally, emotionally, astrally, that represented the karmas being worked out spiritually. And once that man was dead, that represented those karmas, there was this joy inside of her. She lit up. She knew the freedom. And now she was safe. She no longer needed to fear being killed. And then it was interesting. All of a sudden, I saw this plate. She had her hand up in the plate. And on the plate was, have you ever seen an onion that has been kind of peeled and it's got like these strands just squiggly all over? It's kind of like that. There's this plate. It's like this food on the plate with all these squiggly, all over the place strand of, I don't know what it was, if it was an onion or, you know, cabbage or lettuce, it's something, some substance. And as I observed her, I was actually in her knowing, watching, observing how she followed the beginning of that strand all the way through this big mess on the plate. She literally tracked it all the way to the very end. She even held up the plate and saw it from the bottom where the very end on the very bottom was. And as soon as she saw that end within her came the completion and she knew she was now done with this karma, with this struggle, with the hardship of that life she was living. She knew it was now done, complete. And as soon as she came to that knowing, this immense gratitude just filled her. She was joyful. It's interesting because that hard life, most people, what do we do? We curse it. We judge it. Why me? How come this? Why do I have to go through all this hardship and struggle? But as soon as she saw the truth of the karmic energy that this represented come to completion, instead of cursing it and being upset with what she went through, immediately there was just gratitude. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for letting me be done with this. I am now free to move on. And as soon as she claimed that, she threw the plate away. And it's so fun because as she threw that plate, I watched it, and it went right up into spirit, where spirit just took it because it was now done. The karmas were done, and that's what God does, is take it to dissolve it. There's nothing more. So she threw it, and it's just gone, disappeared. And then out of spirit, I saw this new plate come forward and land in her hand. But this was very interesting because this new plate that was being given to her in spirit was not a plate of karma like she just finished. It was a plate of spirit. It was God's grace, the food of spirit, the mana from heaven. And when she saw that and received that plate and took it in her hand, this is where I get a little bit, the love that comes in, the love and the gratitude that filled her and then she started to rise up and move into the realms of spirit from which that plate came. Maybe it was the Last Supper or something, you know, Jesus tossing around plates. I don't know. But I do know where that came from and where she was now moving. Because that plate of spirit was taking her into spirit now, into a higher frequency, into a higher vibration of awakening and knowing within her 
And it was that grace that she chose into that even before she was aware that her karma was done and it was now time to now move into spirit, it was because of her choosing that grace that God stepped in through the spiritual teacher to assist her in completing the karma. That's what initiation is. That's what this action of meditation and walking this inner journey is about. Is truly opening and inviting God's loving and grace into our lives. That truly Spirit walks with us, assisting us to complete, to learn the lessons, to step free of the illusion. So it is a journey not only of awakening, but also a journey of completion. To step free, to finish our experiences in these worlds of illusion. And in the completion of those experiences, we now get to step forward into spirit in that greater way. And that's what each of you have done, that have walked, that have done the initiation. You have chosen that greater action of inviting God in. And each time you work with those names of God, you are choosing that every day, every moment, because that's what this journey takes. It's not just a one-time thing. Sure, those names are given one time, but then we have to enliven and build that power of loving within us each day, each time that we do the meditation. So in those names is that grace by which God reaches in and literally as we allow it and are willing to do our part, where that action of God's grace will come in and finish up those karmas for us, will bring us right through to learn the lessons, to complete the lessons, now to bring us home into that greater action and knowing and spirit. And some of the signposts to really know that you're on that journey is the gratitude and the joy. That's why it was so wonderful as I witnessed this action in spirit that instead of this lady being so upset with the hard, struggling life she had, she had instead just had complete gratitude and joy for the freedom that now she knew she was to step into because the other was done. She didn't have to think about it. There's no more needing to keep struggling but simply to now take that next step, moving into that greater action of spirit. And that's what we all are doing every time we meditate, every time we say those sacred names to allow that loving and grace to work in us and through us with all of life's lessons, physically, imaginatively, emotionally, mentally, and unconsciously until we awaken fully, that we rise out of the depths of the waters, out of that twilight zone, and into the freedom of spirit, where we rise above the water, into that realm of soul, where it's nothing but light and loving. That's what this journey is. It's important to be aware of how this journey often can look, or often the experiences we will have not only spiritually, 
but also karmically as we move through all of life's events and circumstances. It's important to be aware of that. So know there is great power in those names. Work with that. Don't just assume anything. Don't just believe it. Work with it so that you begin to awaken and know that truth for yourself. That's what's important here because this is about you awakening, not about believing or faithing or trusting, but about you awakening and knowing that truth for yourself. So it's important for you to do your part. With effort, with action, there is great reward. But what is that reward? It is the awakening and the returning back to our true home and the realms of spirit. The other reason I'm emphasizing this this morning is because also I was shown how important it is to listen to the words of the spiritual teacher because it is in those words that bring the greater understanding of this journey. So it's important to hear the words so that we can have that greater understanding, that understanding that surpasses the intellect, the emotions, that knowing of the mind, the emotions, and the body, but the true knowing of spirit. That's the true understanding we are seeking here. So the words we share here are to help to bring understanding so that you do understand this journey, that you have the guidance, the knowing of how to step forward, how to do the meditation, how to live into the loving so that you can have the awakening and the knowing for yourself. So it's important to seek that understanding. Think about it. Haven't you had experiences in life, but you don't understand what they were or what they were about? It was just an experience? I found when that's happened to me that, yes, I know I've had the experience, but when I don't have the understanding or the knowing what that experience was about, that I have found myself holding back, not willing to keep stepping forward, maybe not even giving it any value or importance in my life. Because some of the most profound sacred things are so simple that we miss them. We don't give the value or the importance to those events, those experiences. But when we hear those words of understanding of what these experiences are about, what these events represent, it begins to stir something within us we may not even have realized. It is that stirring that brings the greater realization in the knowing. And the other wonderful thing that happens with that stirring, it begins to move us, to inspire us, to enthuse us, to keep now walking that journey. Because when we have that understanding more than likely, I'm not going to say always, more than likely, the soul of who we are will want more of that. 
it will stir. The true stirring that I'm speaking of is actually the stirring of your own soul, that living, loving essence. It is that stirring that is that movement that gets us to keep stepping forward. So we have more experience. We have more awakening. And with that comes the more, the greater understanding so that we really know that spiritual essence that we are. So the journey has many aspects, many experiences on all the levels. But no matter what level it's on, it really is you, the soul, experiencing each of these realms of creation, of frequency. It's important to have those experiences. It's important to walk the journey of life. But this journey that we speak of in here, this spiritual journey, this pathway of awakening into the greater knowing is the greater journey of the soul's returning home to God. So it is important to hear the words, but greater than that, to wake up to the understanding of what we share. So chant, so love, so live the loving and the chanting. And allow yourself to let go, to be awakened, to let God's grace into you, to lift you, to complete your lessons, the karmas, to be done. Because that is your freedom. The soul's journey throughout all of existence is quite a wonderful journey to walk. We begin our journey when God in loving creates soul, brings forward out of the pure essence of oneness that divine spark. Out of the great light comes a spark. And that spark is the individualized expression of the divine loving that is God, that is you. And from that very moment that that spark of light came out of the sound, as soul, that is you, it began a journey. A journey of experience. A journey of movement throughout all of God's creation to have experience, to fulfill itself and to fulfill what God gave it to do. And on that journey throughout the beginning of its existence, there has been a voice, a voice ever present with it, calling to it, letting it know that God loves this soul, that God is ever there guiding it. I remember as a child, one of my teachers at school when I was in elementary school talking about my conscience. Don't you have a conscience? Doesn't anything ever tell you what's right and what's wrong? Don't do this, do that. And I wasn't quite sure what they were talking about at the time. I always knew this voice of God that was ever guiding me, directing me, participate here, don't go there, this will take you into greater loving, this will not take you into greater loving. 
This will take you away from it. And ever following that subtle, still, small voice inside that I knew to be the voice of God. All of a sudden I realized as she was talking that at one level, everyone knows that voice of God, but they call it other things. But there is that part of us that is ever listening to God's voice saying, keep on the path, keep on the journey, go for the experience, fulfill what's in front of you. And it's always reminding us too, maybe to go right and not left, to go forward and not backward, to continue on and not stagnate. And it's for us to begin to listen more and more to that subtle direction, that subtle voice of loving that is ever, ever calling us home. And it is interesting, the very moment that God created soul and we came out of the oneness into individuality and in that individual nature of the divine loving essence of the Lord that we are and we began to move into God's creation, God knew that the moment we went into separation that there were going to be some that would forget very quickly its own place from which it came, that it truly is of God and of loving and came out of the divine oneness because it will get caught up in separation, in illusion, in the down and out focus and movement. Where others, as soon as they went into individualization, all they wanted to do was merge back. How do I get back? I want to come back. I don't want to be separated. For those, God wasn't so concerned because the knowing, the memory, the desire to return was strong and was going to ever be their motivation by which they lived their experiences. But for the others, the others that as soon as they went into individual expression, began to move away from the oneness and began to get caught up in separation, God continued to ever do what it could to remind the soul of its true nature, of where it came from, and how to return once again. That's what the sacred name is about. That's what the power of the name is about. That what stirs you, that calls you, that reminds you, that speaks to you to do good, to be loving, to be forgiving, to be accepting, even when you don't want to be. There's still that little nudge inside of you. But what about this? That is God giving you direction by which you can complete whatever it is that you might have gotten caught up in in this creation. Your karmas. To be free. And to once again return home. I remember when we were studying science and we were taking mercury and we would separate little pieces of mercury away from the major pool of mercury and the mercury would do all it could to find its way back into the greater body of mercury. It would slither around for a little bit and then all of a sudden it would just reabsorb back into the greater one. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, that's what we are. That's exactly what we are. We are like that. God came down and just took his loving hand and kind of separated us out from the greater one. And all of us are truly longing to get back to a place of oneness 
where we came from, so we desire to get back. But I also watched as these pools of mercury, some of them would just kind of go off and some would stay still, and some would go off and keep going further away from the pool rather than towards it. But many of them would return back very quickly. Why is that? Why would some stagnate? Why would some go farther away? And why would some return very quickly back to the pool from which it came? It's all about attraction. It's all about attention and focus and the consciousness of things. And it's also about what God has instilled inside each soul as to the direction and the course and the experience it's going to go into. Each soul that has come into manifestation has a purpose, has a meaning, has a direction that God has instilled within it. We are all the same, but that which God has instilled in us individually is unique unto itself. And so we are all having unique and wonderful and different experiences on this great journey of, of experience, of life. And it's for us to begin to wake up and to pay attention to those experiences and to see how important they truly are because as we move in them consciously, we fulfill them. And as we fulfill them, we get complete with that journey that God gave us to go on. And when a journey is complete, then we can truly return from which we came. And for some, like some of the pieces of mercury that were separated from the pool of mercury, the return is quick because the experience that God sent them out to have maybe was a quick experience or maybe was more involved in the realms of spirit and not the physical creation. And so it was easier for them to complete their journey and to return home. But for others, the soul was sent on a great journey, a journey of experience throughout all of creation, not just in the spiritual realms, but down here in the physical as well. You know, in the physical realms, it is easy to get lost. It is easy to feel separated. It is easy to feel alone in this physical creation. In the realms of spirit, that doesn't happen. In the realms of spirit, you're ever aware that you are a part of the eternal flow of loving. You are ever a part, even as an individualized soul going through experience in the realms of spirit, you're ever aware of the oneness. And you're ever aware that as you move through these experiences in spirit, in the movement of loving, you are returning back into the fullness of oneness once again in this journey. But down here, we forget. The soul gets trapped by the mind, by the emotions, by the imagination in the body, and it forgets. It looks down into the world and it believes the illusion rather than the truth. The illusion that this world is. Sure seems real, and that's the challenge. The illusion seems so real that the soul has begun to believe it and chases after the illusion trying to fulfill itself rather than discovering its true identity from within. So on this journey, we get caught up in the world, and we get caught up in the words of the world. We get caught up in the definitions that the world give us to live. And the key in all of this is to begin to discover the truth for yourself. Discover 
your own definitions of who you are and to begin to live that. That's where taking responsibility is a big factor on a spiritual journey. Taking responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings and getting those aligned in such a way as you begin to live the truth of who you are. Not living other people's thoughts and feelings and living in confusion and in separation by doing so, but by finding what is your truth mentally, what is your truth emotionally, what is your truth physically, and begin to bring that all into alignment so you begin to live in that greater flow of the truth of who you are. And the easiest way to do that is to look and find that essence of loving inside yourself, that which you are. You are the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. So connect to that loving. Find what that loving is in you right now and begin to connect into that. What stirs you into a place of loving? It can be a very simple little thing, but it may be the thread by which you begin to connect into the greater flow of the divine that you are. I remember one time when I was visiting a nursing home, my father was there, and there was this woman in the room across the hall. And she never had visitors. She lived here in Austin, but her family was up in, in the Northeast. And so I'd often drop by and say hello. Sometimes I'd bring her a couple of flowers or a little book or something, just as a gift, just to let her know that somebody was thinking about her. And one day she said, could you sit down and talk to me a little longer? And I said, sure. So after that, I would spend more and more time, not just dropping something off and saying hello and seeing how she was doing, but we'd start talking. And she said, you know, until you popped your head in the door and started bringing me these little gifts and saying hello and smiling and laughing for a moment with me, I didn't really know the greater truth of myself. I had lost it. And I said, well, what's that? What's your greater truth? She said, that smile, that laugh that you brought into the room, I realized was mine. That's my smile and that's my laugh. That's my place where I am true. That is my loving. And at first I thought I could only have it when you came to visit your dad and came over to say hello. But as you kept coming in weekly and stopping by and saying hello, all of a sudden I realized that it was my choice. I could let it walk down the hall with you and be gone, or I could hold on to that which you stirred inside of me, and I could begin to live that more in my life. And she said, I'm now doing that. She said, do you know before you came into this room, I hadn't been out of this bed but to take a shower with help? For four months, I had just given up. And I was staying in bed. There was no reason to get up. There was no reason to go down the hall. There was no reason to go eat with everybody else. She said, do you know now? I'm up. I'm walking. I'm going down and I'm eating meals with other people. I'm talking with them. And guess what? I like it. I'm enjoying it. And I'm trying my best ever keep choosing back into that smile that you brought into the room, that laugh that you shared with me. 
and to live that that you stirred back awake inside of me. And that's it. If we can just find that movement of our divine loving, that essence of loving inside of us, however we can find it, and then keep choosing back into it, we're going to connect back into our greater truth, and we are going to find that freedom. The freedom of the soul from this creation and being able to return back into the realm of spirit consciously and return back into the oneness with God once again. And that's what this journey is about, is discovering that place, that essence where the loving resides in us and to finally ever more choose that first and foremost. That's often what I say, God first and God only. We want to find where God resides in us and ever choose to God first and God only, that loving first and that loving only that is us, that is the divine spark that dwells within our own consciousness, within our own beingness. That's what meditation is about, of going within and discovering the truth of who we are inside, not looking for it in the world. We'll find bits and pieces of ourselves all over the place, and we'll find bits and pieces of ourselves reflected back to us by others. But we're not going to find the truth of ourselves or the wholeness of ourselves until we go inside. A great teacher 2,000 years ago said, Seek, ask, and knock. And that's the journey of the inner awakening. We must seek the truth of who we are. We must seek and find that truth of the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord that dwells within us and to begin to choose into it more and more all the time. And what is it that we ask for? Do we sit down and pray and ask for a car and ask for a a mate in the world and ask for a lot of money? Not on the spiritual journey, no. That's a physical journey. The spiritual journey is ask for God's loving. Ask for God's assistance upon this journey of awakening inside. Ask for the awareness and the tools by which to truly come awake and the tools by which to truly let go of the illusion and the attachments to the illusion so that we stand free and can return home. And what is the knocking? Ask, seek, and knock. It's knock at that door that door where the spiritual teacher stands behind, that door waiting for you, that tenth door, the spiritual door at the spiritual eye center. So we go inside, we come up to that doorway, we seek that pathway back here to the spiritual eye center, we ask for God to come present with us in our journey, and to assist us in awakening to the greater truth of who we are, and we knock at that door that it might open so that we can now leave this physical consciousness once again and return back to the realms of spirit from which we came. It's through this doorway the soul came in, and when the karma is set into the consciousness, the door, I won't say slammed shut, but it's shut. And it's for us to handle those karmas of this lifetime, And in doing so, we begin to be
be freer to walk this inner journey and to have that door come open so that we then can return. And when we ask, what we're really asking for is the tools by which to walk this inner journey. And God gives us a very simple tool, the tool of loving, of loving God first, putting God first in all things. If we put God first in all of our existence and all of our focus of loving is with God and we allow then God's loving into us, the pathway is open, the pathway is revealed and we can walk it very simply in loving. And we love everything that is in our existence. We love our past, we love our future, we love the present. We love our existence. And in the loving, all is brought into neutrality and the pathway is made easy to walk. But one of the actions that comes in the loving is a tool to assist us in freeing ourselves of the mind, the emotion, the imagination, and the body of this creation that we have gotten so attached to and that we've even identified ourselves as I. This is who I am. Accept me or not. But in truth, this body, your imagination, the emotions, the mind, the unconscious, they are not you. And it is for us to wake up into the truth of who you are then, if not all this. The sacred name of God that is given in initiation, that has been handed down as the keys to the kingdom, as the living word throughout all of time, and has been the seed of all major religions in the world, past and present, is the means by which we can begin to free ourselves of the illusion and of the entrapment of the mind, so that the soul can stand free in the knowing of itself while living in the body, while living in this creation, and fulfill itself here that it came to do. And in that fulfillment, when the time comes, it can consciously return from which it came, back into the realms of spirit, walking that pathway that it has created inside through meditation, walking that pathway through the body consciousness, through the imaginational realms, the emotional realms, the mental realms, the unconscious realm, and in the soul and beyond, allowing the soul once again to return into the fullness from which it came. And that's all an action of loving. And it can be done so, so easily. But it does take doing. And it's an amazing thing if any of you have ever started on a spiritual quest. You may now be looking at it and realizing that once you take a foot on the spiritual pathway of returning home to God, and you walk it for just a little while, all of a sudden you realize you really can't turn around and go back. No matter how much you might even look back and think, wow, that was kind of fun. Maybe I want to go back down to 6th Street and have some more drinks and sit around and talk and, or whatever it might be. All of a sudden there's another part of you that goes, but why? That's not fulfilling. That's not joy. That's not peace. That's going back into the illusion, back into the entrapment. Why? And so you go, okay, and you just keep on walking 
on this pathway that gets simpler and easier and quieter and less involved in the world. It's interesting because today when I was talking with somebody before starting, we were talking and the statement of this pathway is really just a one-way street, isn't it? In truth, it is. Once you get initiated, once you begin walking this inner pathway, initiated or not, it really does become a one-way path. The soul begins to sense a way home, a way back to which it came from. Now it knows it can go home. And it's going to do all it can to just continue this journey on this one-way road back home to God, the path, the way. Maybe we'll stop calling it just the way and call it the one way. But in truth, it is your way. Whatever you find works for you that brings you closer to God right now, whether you're meditating or not, whether you're initiated or not, if that action is bringing you closer to God and bringing you on that way for your own soul's return home to God, that's a one-way street. And you're going to find that no matter what you do, the attractions of this world are going to become weaker and weaker. And the attraction to God and spirit are going to become stronger and stronger because now that's the direction you're walking. And what you focus on is what you become. If you focus on God, if you focus on loving, if you focus on spirit, if you focus on your soul, that is what you become. So pay attention and be aware of what God has laid out as the tools of the return, of walking inside in meditation, sitting down, waking up into the divine knowing of self, spending some time every day with God, tithing that 10% of the day, if you will. If you can sit down and spend two and a half hours a day in focus with the divine, in sharing and being with God, in waking up into the divine that you are, then you truly are seeking, asking, knocking. You are doing the inner journey. And the wonderful thing is about that, when you do that, is that God is freely able to walk with you more consciously throughout the rest of the day. And then God truly does enter into your life and enter into the day. And the grace goes before you and it cleans away a lot of the karma. And if it doesn't clean away the karma, it gives you the tools by which to clear the karma yourself. And you become freer to continue the journey in a greater light walk than before. A pathway filled with light and a lightness to your own step. There isn't the burden. So find what connects you to that loving. Maybe it's a puppy, maybe it's your dog, maybe it's a cat. Maybe it's talking with a friend where you really feel unconditional loving present. Maybe it's walking in nature and just listening to the birds, watching the animals. But connect to that place of loving. And then once you feel it stir inside of you, know that you don't have to go back out into the forest or be with your friend or be with your pet. All you have to do is look inside and connect back where that was discovered, where that was felt, where you knew that to be stirred. 
And you then can begin to create that for yourself on a daily basis and live there all the time. The journey of the soul isn't about this lifetime. The journey of the soul is about the life of the soul and all the journeys of experience that it is on. This is but one of them. One of the chapters in a great book of life. But maybe this is your last chapter. Maybe this is the end chapter for you where you're going to get to that last page and it truly does say the end of your experiential walk. Because in this lifetime it may be that this is the time for you to truly not just complete your karmas at the physical level and be able to return back to the realm of soul, but maybe this is also the lifetime by which you as soul can merge back into oneness with God and not be in separation ever again. Maybe it truly is the end of the book, the end of the life story of your soul. Wouldn't it be great to be able to close the last page of the book and see it written there, the end, and realize the end just means the return into the fullness, into the oneness once again, no more separation. The journey is complete. The experiences have been had. And you have returned back with all that you have gained in the knowing and experience back into God. And God knows God more fully through the journey of your soul. That's the walk. If we can begin to walk this life with that awareness and honor every experience and every person and every word that we are participating with in life, then it becomes a different journey. And it becomes a simpler one, and we fulfill, and we complete. And I know it can be done. I know it can be done because I've witnessed it within myself. I've witnessed it within Brian. I'm witnessing it within those in ILM that have been initiated and are living that name of God. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That hallowed name lives in us, is us. And we live in that hallowed, that sacred essence. And that loving is ever moving in us and through us. And many of us are now discovering that and living in that all the time. It isn't just in a moment in meditation. It is every moment of our existence. We live it. We are it.